Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks. Presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is James Ellison. James has a BFA, an MA, an MFA, and a Master's in Divinity, becoming an artist, pastor, and teacher. Thus, he brings to his artwork a unique blend of aesthetics, theology, psychology, and creativity, calling himself a symbolic realist. As an artist, he seeks to communicate the divine will he sees in nature. Well, good morning, James, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Well, thank you. Well, let's stop this morning by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, James. Okay. Um, I live in uh, Rowan Heights, California, uh, though I haven't lived there all, all the time. I actually was born in uh, Chicago, Illinois, and grew up uh, mm-hmm. in Downersville, Illinois. Okay. And then... Um, let me say what really kind of basically started my whole move towards art. And that was my getting uh, quite sick at four and a half. Uh, I contracted encephalitis blessargica from a tsetse fly. And I had a fever of 108 degrees and I was in a coma for six weeks. And the doctor said I would be severely retarded. And this all happened in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents refused to accept this and my mother became my physical therapist and my tutor even though she only had a high school education <laughs> and um, she uh, fought the school district and everything else who didn't want because it was a be- before that special education uh, and the school district didn't want me in the school and she fought for full inclusion for me and she um, became my tutor going to school, picking up the lessons, and figuring out a way to teach me that I could learn. Well, there are two things she taught me, basically, and that is uh, a disability is never a, an excuse but a reason to try harder, and that I was spared for a purpose. Uh, because there were a lot of other people in that time that, that caught this and either died or were severely mentally retarded. Mm-hmm. What happened there when in the school district and when I had the inclusion was I had a first grade teacher who uh, discovered my artistic ability. She knew my mother confided in her what had happened to me and everything. And 
she knew that going in. So when I entered into first grade, all the other kids, because it was a fairly well-off neighborhood, all the other kids had been on vacations during the summer, but I had spent the whole time with my mother being tutored. She said to me uh, that uh, what she was going to do was have everyone draw about their vacations, but I could draw anything I wanted. And so I didn't talk much in those days. Hard to imagine that now. (laughs) I talk a lot now. Um, But uh, back then, I really didn't. So I just pointed. She had been uh, to see a Statue of Liberty during the summer. And so she got that down. And to my great joy, she rolled out this huge roll of butcher paper for all the kids to draw on. I set out to draw the image on the postcard of the Statue of Liberty. And now I don't have any recollection of this. This is told me by my parents and teachers and that. Supposedly, in first grade, I drew the Statue of Liberty realistically, which Mm. doesn't sound possible to me, but she got me labeled within the school system (laughs) as a savant. Okay? And got, mm. and my parents eventually got me into private art lessons in that at a, at a young age. That's really where my whole art career began. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> always joke that I'm an artist by disease. There were a lot of other contributing factors. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is an amazing story, James. An amazing story. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your art. Uh, type of art, uh, tell the audience what kind of art you normally do and what's your favorite medium. Okay, I, I normally do nature um, um, uh, type scenes, uh, ocean, mountains, uh, especially out here, I love to hike, and I hike up along the Angeles Crest. Uh, I'm also at a docent at a wilderness area near me, uh, and I lead hikes in that. And um, so I, I, I'm really inspired by nature, okay? And that really began back in Downers Grove also because we lived on the outskirts of Downers Grove and we lived near 100 of eight acres of virgin timber, okay? It was part of a farmland mm-hmm. tract uh, that uh, back when these communities were began, like Downers Grove, there were designated wooded lots. Okay, and then mm-hmm. there were great expanses of the field. Well, this particular wood lot had not been touched, and right next to it was a swamp because it was too low and it always flooded, so the farmer could never plant his crops there. And I, from very young age, I wandered through that area, and some of my first paintings were done there and drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has kept up even with me moving out here. Um, I just, when I'm out there. It's like God really speaks to me. There's a clarity uh, within nature that is just unbelievable uh, because I don't have all the distractions of modern life around me. Uh, So um, I usually try and start on location. Sometimes I can't. Uh, Well, there was one I did of Lewis Fall. The only way I could do it on location was if I stood in the middle of the street. With the water <laughs> rushing around my feet. Not a great idea for painting. No, no, no. And so um, most of the time I do start on location, but because it takes me so long to paint, two to four months to finish one painting, 
I can never finish on location. So I take photographs as well. Again, I'm trying to do super realism, uh, which involves doing what a camera can't do. Uh, A camera really can't portray depth. The only reason we understand depth in in a photo is because of overlapping and size reduction. A camera really can't see volume. And so the trick of a super realist is what's called, in, in French words, is trompe l'oeil. Make it appear more real. So real you feel like you'd walk into it. Okay? With a camera not only can't see depth as such, but also it can't see reflected light. It, it's the color in it anyway. It sees reflected light as white where the human eye sees all the other colors. Sometimes the simple as the sky reflected in the leaf. Other times it's clash and discords of various kinds that that show up. Okay? And in that, creating that, I try and create that sense that, that people feel like, wow, this is better than any photograph I've ever seen. And that. I know probably everyone out there is used to seeing a beautiful scene, taking a photograph, but, and then they look at the photograph and they go, oh, it looks much better in real life. Problems mm-hmm. with a camera. And so that I, I really try and work with that. Even when I, I, I do people, I do it in that super realistic sense um, uh, of trying to get it so real. In fact, like when I, when I do do uh, uh, clay sculptures, um, I've had people uh, remark that, uh, uh, well, like I did a, a head of Obama. <laughs> and people walk by and they, they get spooked. They think there's a real person standing there. <laughs> or, or like, I, I have these, the, the, these heads uh, along this cabinet in our house. And my sister-in-law brings her dog in. And the dog, we have to put drapes over the sculptures because the dog just sits there and barks at the head expecting the people to respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I I do that. Uh, you know I also do I do pastel. I think on, on the website I have just oils and pastel. And um, uh, what I try and and, and do through uh, that, that super realism is also communicate a message. Now you said in the introduction of divine will, and that is accurate, but it didn't really specify what divine will was. I believe that that. Uh, God desires the very best for us and wants the very best for every single human being. And often what happens is the reality of life gets in the way and and it dulls our senses and, and, and makes it hard for us to see that will. And we get entrapped in all sorts of negativity that that really uh, hurts us. And through my paintings, I try and communicate in a psychological way what is, I believe, the divine will for, for human life. And, and how that often happens is I'll be hiking or going, I'll, I'll start, like one, one, uh, one of my more recent paintings, which I, which I don't think is on the site, is an ice house canyon near Mount Baldy. And I hiked there a bunch of times. But one time I was hiking along and suddenly I stopped. I had been kind of looking for a place to paint. And I had my French easel with me, which I wear on a backpack 
And mm-hmm. I had gone down because I really like the rocks in this area and against the trees and such. And suddenly, I was stopped dead in my track in the middle of the stream, in the middle of all these trees and these boulders, and I mean large boulders and everything. Here was a simple little western columbine growing in the middle of a rock. And it had obviously been growing there for years because it had actually split the boulder in half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I saw that, I knew that's what I had to paint. Now, when I say Mm -hmm. I, I get an inspiration, I get an idea of what I have to paint, that doesn't mean I know everything about it. I just know I have to do it. A lot of times as I'm working, I I get into, um, I guess, a zone is what they say is the common word now for it, where I get into this this experience of painting that suddenly I realize at various times what different pieces of it mean. And so that's why I often write an artistic statement, usually only one page long, about each painting. Because like a lot of times what happens, I'll go to an art fair or an art show and People will look at the painting and, and they'll buy uh, usually the print because my paintings are too expensive. Um, they'll buy a print of it, and on the back of the print, I'll put this one-page description. Go off and, and I'll say, make sure to read the, the uh, artist statement on the back. They'll come back 10 to 15 minutes later with tears in their eyes saying, how did you know this was my life? I didn't know. <laughs> but they picked that painting because it spoke to them about their life. Right. And it, it's just, it's really quite amazing to see happen. So that's kind of the, about the artwork that I do. Well, and James, I guess uh, you are a full-time artist, and I take it. Is that correct? No, I am. I retired from teaching. Uh, you know, it's hard to make a living. <laughs> Unless, you can make a living if you're doing digital. Digital, I, a lot of my students went on making a lot better money than I ever made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so digital is the answer. You know, uh, anything to do with the computer and art uh, will make a huge income for you. They they were in the hundred thousands. And, I, you know, I'm a lowly teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so, but doing traditional art, it's extremely hard to make a living. So I taught. At first, mm-hmm. I taught uh, college level, but then I ended up teaching high school level out here in uh, in California after having been a pastor for a while. So, But now I am a full-time artist. Well, your art is very beautiful, and I know in, uh, one of the things I found interesting in reading your bio, too, was the uh, – and you may have covered this, and I just missed it, but when you're taking photographs, you take – some people will just take a photograph of whatever image that they're going to paint, and that's what they work off of. Oh, yeah. Uh, some will take it home and maybe work in Photoshop, do some other things with it. But I thought it interesting that you take different effective shots of the, yeah. the image or what you're doing. And I thought that's a very interesting uh, technique. Yes, I often do an arc where um, I'll, I'll start uh, on the left and in a semicircle. I will take three, four, pick five, six pictures, depending on how complicated the scene is, as I walk around mm-hmm. to the other side. Um, I'll often do this uh, from above my head because I have one of those cameras that has a, a tilt-down um, viewer. 
so I can hold the uh-huh. camera over my head, viewer. I'll do it at, uh, above my head. I'll do it at eye level, and then I'll do it down at ground level so that I can see the volume of every single shape that I'm looking yeah. at, every object. And that allows me to do that trompe l'oeil, that, that super realism that the camera can't pick up. Mm-hmm. Because I right. can see it. Therefore, when I go to paint it, I can use some painting tricks to get the human eye to see the volume and the depth in there. Well, your art certainly is amazing, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, James, I think right now is a good time for a quick commercial break, and then when we'll come back, we'll we'll talk about some of the uh, pieces that you have here on the gallery. Okay, wonderful. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase James Ellison's artwork by going to Contemporary Art Gallery Online, click on the Artist Search tab, and look for James Ellison under the Featured Artist. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants, so if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. If you're a designer or an architect or just someone who loves great art and who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists from around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or, of course, by the individual artist. And again, to view James Ellison's beautiful art, just click on the Artist Search Gallery and look under the Featured Artist and then follow to James Ellison's name. James, let's talk. You have a number of pieces here on the gallery, but let's start with Fire on Water. Tell us about that piece. Okay, uh, that's uh, Corona Del Mar out here along the Pacific Coast. And um, I I love going to the ocean. Um, There's just something so, even even if there's big waves and everything, there's still something extremely soothing about it. Uh, now, I don't like storms at sea, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just love that. And um, the, uh, there's just, again, it's like being up in the mountains. Like, and again, I don't like swimmers' beaches, if you know what I mean. They're, mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. sand and people. <laughs> I love right, rocky right. beaches. I, I, I love the, 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 the cleft, uh, you know, uh, things that are really, Kind of, you know, unless you're really into being in a kind of a, a rougher situation, you really don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, there may be sand, <laughs> but there isn't much of it, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe if you are you love tide pools, you'll like the kind of spots I go to. But um, that one really uh, caught me because there's this, this jetty of rocks that goes out. And uh, at first, I was just caught by that, and I caught was caught by the sunset and that. And sunsets are horribly mm-hmm. difficult to paint because they happen so horribly fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So that does involve taking a photograph. But I did take other photographs as well uh, when there wasn't a sunset. So I knew basically what it was. I knew how the shadows would fall when the sunset happened. And I was also mm-hmm. able to use color theory to create, a, again, a, the camera cannot picture all capture all the beautiful colors in a sunset mm-hmm. because 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 it just can't see them. Uh, but since I know what's there, I can put it in 
once I have the camera, the photo from the camera. I can put in those mm-hmm. colors. It just doesn't show up uh, on on the print. And it really caught me how there was this one rock that kind of stood up almost like a sentinel. And and that became kind of like the, the focal point. The reason I call it fire on water is because how the sunset reflects off of the waves and, and lights that mm-hmm. hole up. And I, I felt like there was a whole message in there uh, uh, that, uh, of hope and resilience and, and, and that you could feel like you were being shown a glimpse of what could be, okay, and, and, that, and what mm-hmm. you could be and what you could do. And, and that's kind of what that one is, is really kind of about, well, that's a very dramatic uh, painting, uh, and you have captured the the essence of that that sunset as well, and all the different colors that uh, your correct camera just would not pick up all those different hues. Well, and then James, another piece you have here on the gallery is titled Breakers. Tell us about that one. Oh, that's a, one of my uh, favorite locations, which is. Uh, Laguna Beach, but again, not the swimmer beach, but uh, there's an area in Laguna Beach called, um, um, ah, I can't remember the name, is that Height? (laughs) Heisman? Ah, anyway, (laughs) it starts with an H. Heisman. I'd have to have the piece of paper in front of me to remember the name. I go there all the time. That doesn't mean I read the sign. Anyway, uh, it's a park up on a cliff that is above all the waters and the rocks. And they and now they put in some nice staircases. They didn't use to have such nice staircases. But now they got some nice staircases. Mm-hmm. You can go down, and there is some sand down there. But there are a lot of rocks as well. And mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a, a secluded area because you can't get there from the swimmer's beach. You have to go up into the park and then down the staircase. Again, I, I, was, I was sitting there, and... It was just like the rocks and the, and the jetty of the rocks that came out by where the old staircase, the, the old staircase before they put the new one in, mm-hmm. the bottom of it had been washed away. So you came down the staircase and then you had to jump <laughs> to get down <laughs> onto the beach. Um, but uh, they put in a new staircase now. But anyway, it, it, I don't show the staircase in there, but uh, I show just to the to the left of the staircase, how the rocks jetty out and, and how the waves come in at it. And again, it, it, there is so much power in the ocean for me um, of life. You know, not only if, if, well, if, if you listen to the biologist, it's, it's the origin of life. Okay. And as such, um, you know, that, and when you think that we are mostly water, you know, and and, and that, mm-hmm. and it, it's like there's just something about the ocean which just triggers in me a, a great sense of, of, of peace and, and joy. And the reason I entitled it Breakers is a lot of times, because when you're when you're sitting there, you'll see small waves and large waves. And a lot of times waves come in in such a way that they're just thunder, 
And it's like life can come at you that same way and just come in with thunder and just, you know, shatter your hopes and dreams and your goals and your desires. And But then the wave is gone. And it's back again. And all too often people let that moment of disaster, that moment of trouble get in the way and just, they focus on that rather than on the good that is around them. And, and so I try in that pain to communicate that sense that God is trying to speak to you even through the disasters. Um, I'm Again, my, the particular brain damage I have is on the left side of the brain, and <laughs> it's very hard for me to remember names of things like earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's also hard for me to remember numbers and things. I, I think it's Psalm 42. I'm not sure it's Psalm 40. If not, it's very close to that. But it, it's about um, the cataracts or the waterfalls thundering upon down uh, upon uh, upon the psalmist and, and how he is in the travails of death and destruction, but God is there. And I just love that psalm. And that, that, that's kind mm-hmm. of what I mean by even in, even in the worst moments, God is there to reach out to, to, to accept in and, and, and to help you understand how this can be used for the good. Because unfortunately we live in a flawed world where bad things happen to good people. Okay, Mm -hmm. And and you just have to, I guess for an old thing, it's roll with the punches and Mm -hmm. keep on trying. Well, that is so true. And and again, the imagery is just so fantastic uh, on your art. And I just encourage everyone listening to the show today to come to the gallery and, and view Jim's art here on the gallery. And James, let, uh, tell the audience, uh, I'm sure you have a, a website for your art. Uh, why don't you share that with the audience? Yes, it's um, ellisonjamesb.com. com. okay. Uh, I think it's all small letters, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just encourage everyone to come take a look at your art. I think uh, they'll find it just breathtaking. Uh, and, and as you say, it, it is very, very realistic. Well, James, we are getting near the end of the show. And one question I always like to ask artists, and especially those uh, artists who have been you know, in, in art for a while and as a teacher and, and an artist, good. What advice uh, you would have for someone that's just new getting into the art field? Keep trying no matter what. This is something I kept trying to drill into my students when I taught was, just because a show rejects you doesn't mean you're no good. That just means that judge doesn't like your work. (laughs) But keep trying. (laughs) Even if you have absolutely no sales, don't give up. Keep trying. Okay? There's just something, how can I, some parents would say, oh, but you can't make a living at art. And I would argue the digital thing about that they, they could make a really good living uh, digitally. But if mm-hmm. they were going into traditional art and a parent came at me with that, I'd say, yeah, but can you live without art? 
It doesn't matter whether you can make a living at it. What matters is can you live without it? And if you're an artist and you quit, it's part of your soul dies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, James, that's great advice uh, for the audience. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speak. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. James, it's been our pleasure to have you on the show today, and we look forward to seeing more of your art here on the gallery. Okay. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts, and you can check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions as well. And if you're an architect, interior designer, or just a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog, so please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we'll meet again in two weeks. But next Saturday at this time, be sure to listen to our show, The Business of Art, hosted by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw, as she shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Again, thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.